Father, Lord, we just want to thank you for today. We thank you, Father God, for your word. We thank you, Father God, for the things that you've been speaking to me about, oh Lord, to share today. Father Lord, we commit every word into your hands, Father God. We, we commit every ear that's going to be listening into your hands, oh Lord. Lord, we pray, Father God, for transformed hearts. Lord, as I share, Father God, may your word fall on good soil in our hearts and help us, Father God, to run with your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Today's word that I'm going to be sharing is called Gaining Spiritual Strength Through Challenges. At some point of our lives, I know that we've all been through challenges. You know, we go through trials each and every single day. Even up to this morning, I'm sure we've been through trials, you know, trying to get ready for church every day, every second, every minute we're going through trials. But that's just life, isn't it? That's just life. We go through them. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, it reads... For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Take note of this part. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. When we're going through challenges, when we're going through trials, we have to commit it to God. We have to see that it is not, we're not, we're not fighting this out of our flesh. We're not fighting this. It's not a physical battle. It's not a carnal battle. It's a spiritual battle that we need to fight. Even though some of it presents itself as a physical battle, but we need to fight it with God because it says weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty in God. They're mighty in God for pulling down those strongholds, casting down those arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and bringing everything under the, under the obedience of Christ. So, as we're going through these battles, we have to be rest assured in God and knowing that as we go through, we'll come out of the other side strengthened. James 1, chapter 2 to 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing when we are going through battles as we're walking with God we need to ensure that we do it diligently because then we'll come out of the other side stronger as it says complete and lacking nothing we go, like I said, we go through trials every day, every single day. There's something that we're dealing with, whether it's with our children, whether it's with work, 
whether it's with, with, it's with um, family, but we're going through battles every day. Even whether it's with transport, you know, you're going through battles, trains being canceled, buses being canceled, not coming, you're waiting for how long. But we're going through battles all the time. But it's important that we respond to those battles in the right way. Otherwise, we'll frustrate ourselves. As this scripture says, we're to see it as pure joy. But I know as we go through things, at the time, it's not pure joy. Not at all. Absolutely. You're going through, you're thinking, oh my goodness, what is this? It's not joyful. But we are to see it as pure joy. Because that mindset that we have to adopt will bring us that joy. We'll receive the victory at the end. And that's with us doing things according to God's word, as he wants us to do. The victory is on the other side. We'll become stronger. We'll become more patient. We'll even be more humble. We'll develop resilience. Victory is gained on the other side. And the enemy doesn't have anything on us. The word in, the scripture in Isaiah 54, 17, I think it is. No, 19. It says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. I've said this before, it says when, not if. So we know that as children of God, we will go through trials, we will go through um, battles, we will go through difficult circumstances, but we just need to know that the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. If we're, if we're positioned in the right place, we're listening to what God is saying, we're trusting him with everything, we're not doing our, we're not doing our own thing, we're not acting out of our flesh, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard and we will acknowledge, oh my goodness, God is doing something. We will not get ourselves frustrated. And the funny thing is at times, the way we expect our battles to be fought, that's not how God does it. Because we will go through that fire and when you're going through that fire, you will come out of the other side lacking nothing and being complete. But sometimes it's that fire we do not want to go through. Unfortunately, we have to go through that fire. We should therefore be rest assured that his spirit's going to raise up a standard for us. We should be rest assured knowing that as we trust in the Lord, we will see his hand. As we're in constant communication with him, we will see him move and we will hear what he is saying. And at times it comes through others telling us certain things. It's even people maybe that you're not even that close to, they're coming to give you a word and you're thinking, huh? But it happens. It's not literally God in, you know, in front of you saying, yes, I want you to do this. No, it doesn't always happen like that. Or sometimes you're praying and you get a word. You know, the scripture comes. And you know that, okay, then this is what I need to do. Or a vision or a dream. This is what happens. At times, it even comes from your children. You know, I remember there was once 
Excuse me. Andrew, would you like to join me and preach as well? <laughs> um, we were praying, and it was a family prayer we were having. And I remember Zanai giving his dad, this was many years ago, giving his dad a word. And Mecca and I looked at each other like, okay. You know, but yeah, sometimes it comes through your children, you know. And <laughs> sometimes it even comes through people you, you don't even check for much. And you're like, who are you to come and tell me this? But God has spoken. God has spoken. He speaks in so many different ways to us. But it's just been rest assured that when we face battles, he's there to help us. We'll come out of the other side being stronger, being more resilient, being more patient, having more self-control, knowing how to do things. Our mindset has, has changed. The situation is still the same, but our mindset, it has changed. We're able to deal with it, whatever we're going through. And the battles, they come in different forms. It could be a very small battle. Sometimes it's a major battle that you cannot even begin to imagine how you can go through this. I've just come from, um, I was away last week. I went to America. My cousin's um, daughter um, passed away. Um, car crash took place and she passed away. Now that's a major battle that the family are going through. You lose a loved one, a major battle. How do you deal with that? You have to rest on, you have to rest on God. You have to allow him to move in you. It's a major circumstance that's happened, but you have to rest on him. Because the word says, when the, um, when the, what did I say again? <laughs> when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against them. Yes, the situation is not changing, but the spirit of the Lord is raising up a standard against how you're thinking, against what you're doing the things that's happening. Because for example, what happened was she was in a car crash that wasn't her fault. So as the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard, it's showing forgiveness towards the other person that's taken your daughter in a car crash. Showing forgiveness, not having bitterness in your heart, not causing you to turn a certain way, you know, wanting to take revenge. But God has a way of doing things the enemy will not have a foothold in our lives as long as we align ourselves with God's will, what he wants us to do, how he wants us to do. It's very critical that we know what he wants us to do. Sometimes he wants to do certain things, but it has timing, has time limits. I just want to go through a few exam biblical examples of those who went through trials and what happened on the other side. The first one is our perfect example, Jesus Christ, who went through trials and brought us salvation. He's our role model. There's no one like Jesus. Everything that's done on this earth, it's for us 
and for us to know how we should be for future, um, for future reference. It wasn't easy for him because the Bible said that he came down as man in Hebrews. He came down as man. He was without sin. He was man, but he was without sin. So he came down as man to show us that as man, as human beings, we too can do what he did. And we should follow what he did. Luke 22, chapter 22, verse 41 to 44. It reads, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then, he, then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He came down as man and he felt every pain that man could humanly feel. The Bible says that his sweat became like great drops of blood. He went through agony for us to bring us salvation. Agony to bring us salvation. He even asked for the cup to be taken away from him. But he had to go through that. Because God knew, and he knew as well, on the other side, there was victory. There's always victory on the other side. When we're going through trials, there's always victory on the other side. I always say to people that each trial, battle that we go through, they have a start and they have an end time. And the end reveals what God wants for you. 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. We absolutely have been healed. His trials brought us healing. His trials brought us victory. That we know that we can overcome anything and everything. Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Jesus was our example. He showed us the trials and how to go through those trials. We have the victory. We can receive spiritual strengthening on the other side in different forms. Moses was another one that went through trials. 
to deliver the children. And the other side, the children of Israel were delivered from Egypt. But Moses' trials actually started before he was given the task of delivering the children of Israel from Egypt. When he, when he killed the Egyptian and ran to the wilderness, before that, he was brought up as um, Pharaoh's daughter's son. He was living the life of luxury, living the life of royalty. We know how royalty live. They have everything at their feet. Whatever they want, they get. But in order for Moses to be prepared for the next stage of his life, God had to take him out of that. He had to be in that wilderness. He had to go through the wilderness stage. Those were the trials he was going through. God has a calling for each and every single one of us. And sometimes where we're at, it's a bit too cushy for where we need to go. So he needs to strip everything off us. He needs to strip everything off, take us back, so that we can go into survival mode. And that will equip us for where we need to be. And that was Moses. He went from being Pharaoh's, being raised as Pharaoh's um, daughter's son to being a shepherd. He was in the wilderness for 40 years because that's where he went to after he flew from Egypt when he killed the Egyptian. He was tending to sheep as a shepherd. And at times he must have wondered when he was there, God, what are you doing? What are, you know, am I, you know, is this all that I, is this all that you have for me? We have those questions. Lord, is this all that you have for me? Lord, there must be more. There must be more than this. We go through our mind battles. Oh, and the enemy has a way of bringing those to us. But as we connect with our Father, we're rest assured that this is not it. We're going through training. When Moses reached the, um, when God called him, he spoke to him at the burning bush. And Moses, um, well, he didn't easily say, yes, Lord, I will do what you want me to do. He gave excuses about his speech impediment and so on. But eventually, obviously, he um, said yes. When he took the children of Israel out of Egypt, and they were going through the wilderness. He was equipped. If he had come straight from the palace, would he have been equipped? And you have to ask yourself that question, where God wants me to be, am I equipped for that? Do I need some more training? That what we need to be asking ourselves. Do I need some more training? There's a prerequisite that we need to have before we can get to where we need 
where God wants us to be. And sometimes when you're going through that stage, it can be very tough. The enemy's bombarding your thoughts with different things, making you feel that you're not good enough, you're not at the right place, that there's more for you. But you just need to stay steadfast on what God is saying. He knows best. And if we say he knows best, we're singing songs about how he knows best, we're speaking his word, we need to allow that to marinate in us, in our spirit. The Lord sometimes wants to strip us away, strip what's there, to bring humbleness through, to bring patience, perseverance, self-control. When Moses reached and he was taking the children of Israel through the wilderness, whilst they were complaining and grumbling, he didn't do that. He did not do that. Because he had been through the wilderness stage. Joseph is another one that went through trials. His trials brought him to become the second in command in Egypt. Because Joseph relied upon the sovereignty of God. I don't recall reading in the Bible that at any point Joseph complained or moaned or grumbled about things that happened to him and there were some major things. If those things happened to me or you now, oh my goodness. God help us. Being sold as a slave by your own siblings. Different mums, same dad, but still blood related. How would you feel? Would you even be talking to them? That's what you have to ask yourself. But as, as long as you connect to God, as long as you connect with him, he will help you through. I always say this as well to people that the way God deals with things is different to the way God deals with things. So God, when you, when you, when you do things the way God wants you to do things, people see you as, the world see you as a weakling. Oh my goodness, you're a weakling. How can you, you know? I remember years ago, this is when I was probably a teenager, there's a really good friend of mine. She used to come around, um, really nice girl. And after a while, I noticed I was missing some items in my room. And I thought, hmm, okay. Then eventually I realized that, okay, she's taking things from my room. Anyway, 
I spoke to her. And I said, have you been taking blah, blah, blah from my room? And she said, yes. And she was really sorry and apologetic about it. And I was like, okay. Didn't shout, didn't scream. I said, okay. And I accepted her apology. And we just continued being friends. And I remember telling somebody recently, they said, sorry, you what? You continue being friends? I said, yeah, because for me, I saw how remorseful she was. And I didn't look at what she did. I looked at why she was doing it. And when you know somebody, you see what's happening with them. You don't often think, oh, you know, let me just keep myself away from that person because, you know, because of what they've done. But you look at them. I wasn't, I didn't, I, I was a Christian then because I grew up in church, but I didn't have a relationship with God. But I believe that the Lord was speaking to me not to dis my, disconnect myself from her. But the way the world will deal with such things is you just stay away from that person. You've done this, oh, forget it, you know. But that's not how God deals with things. God is love. He's a, he's a God of love. Just because somebody does something to you doesn't mean you just disregard them. There are times you may be cautious of them, yes. But he's a God of love. He's a God of love. He loves each one of us. He loves the murderers. He, they're his children. Everyone is children. He doesn't love the act, but he loves the children. So if he can love others, who are we? And that's his agape love. Joseph was sold as a slave to his brothers. When he, when he um, was bought by his Egyptian master, the Bible says that he succeeded. Let me just get to it. The Bible said that he succeeded in what he did, in how he served his master. Okay, yeah. The Bible says that he succeeded in how he served his master. Joseph's strength came from God. When, he, when Potiphar's wife, who accused him of rape, made advances towards him, he didn't. He didn't respond to it. In fact, he said to her, how can I sin against my God? Now, by his grace, the men who were Christians, they would do the same. But how many people would be running away from a woman that is throwing themselves at at them but it was a challenge but he said no because he thought about God he said no I cannot do this and then therefore he was thrown in prison because she couldn't get her way so she fabricated a story and he was thrown in prison and even in the prison he continued to serve well he was put in charge of everything just like he was put in charge of um, Portifer's um, household. He was put in charge in the prison. 
When I think of Joseph, I think of such a humbleness. When we're going through trial, who goes through such a major thing? You've been sold as a slave. You've been accused of rape, put in prison. Who comes out feeling, oh, okay, serving the way he did? That's levels. That's absolute levels. And in the end, he forgave his brothers for what he did. In Genesis, in Genesis 50, 19 to 20, Joseph said to his brothers, don't be afraid. Am, am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives. When we align ourselves with God, we're going through our battles, we align ourselves with him, not the way we would want to do things. He comes through for us and we're strengthened on the other side. Esther went through, Esther in the Bible, Queen Esther, she went through her own battle. And as a result, she, was, she rescued her people, the Jews, from annihilation. Esther was faced with a daunting task of approaching the king because the custom in, in those days was you could not approach the king without being summoned. You couldn't go to the inner court without this king summoning you. If you do that, you'll be um, dead, exactly. But then her uncle, so she was like, oh, goodness, do I want to do that? And that's the flesh speaking to Esther. And that, these are the things that we're going through. Oh, but this is what this is. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I should do that. But then the Lord speaks to us, and the Lord spoke to her through Mordecai, her uncle. You know, the Lord then speaks to you. Yes, this is how something appears, but however, this is what I'm telling you to do. This is what I'm telling you to do. And in Esther chapter 4, verse 14, it says, For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place but you and your father's house will perish. When God wants something to happen, if we're not going to do it, he raises someone else to do it. He raises someone else. We are not indispensable. We absolutely are not. Sometimes, even in our workplaces, we work ourselves like, oh, there's no one else, but we are not indispensable. Someone else will take our place and fill in those positions. So it's best that we're aligning ourselves with what God wants so that we'll achieve what we are to achieve. Esther then raised fasting for everyone to fast and we all know the end result fasted prayed and she went before the she went to wait in the inner court 
without being summoned. And because she was doing it God's way, what do we know happened? Traditions or customs or no traditions and customs. The king raised, um, offered his um, scepter to her and favored her. And as a result, the Jews were pardoned. Sometimes we look at a situation when we're going through our trials and we think, no, but this is how it's normally done. As long, if God's not speaking to you, don't go and do something. Don't let your flesh lead you to go and do it. But if you know you're absolutely 100% convinced God has told me to do that, it's a no-brainer. You know that you need to do it. And you know that even though that it may be dangerous what you feel he's telling you to do, what you think he's telling you to do, as long as you know he's told you to do that, he's with you. Wherever you go, he's with you. When I think about the process of gold, gold is very beautiful, very beautiful, beautiful ornament. But in order to get to that pure gold, it goes through such a process. There's high heat that it goes through to get rid of all the um, chemicals that shouldn't be in it. And in the whole pro the actual process, the pure gold comes through and it's beautiful. But it has to go through the high heat. And at times that's what we need to go through to come out of the other side. We may be a bit rough around the edges and God wants to do something, he wants to use us. But part of our character doesn't quite align with where he wants us to be. So you'll find that you're going through those battles, constantly going through those battles to get rid of those rough edges. As long as when we're going through the trials, our battles, we need to ensure that we're allowing Holy Spirit to move in us. Just listen to what he's saying. Not operating out of our flesh. Romans 8, 4 says, Do not walk according to the flesh, but according to your spirit. That's what we should be doing. So that we know when to act, how to act, what to say, what not to say. And we see the fruits of walking with the Spirit. Jesus was very connected with God, as was um, Joseph and Esther and Moses. So they're able to come out of the other side, accomplishing what God wanted them to. I'm just going to quickly go through before we close. The ways that we can gain spiritual strength. One of them is through his word. 
Reading God's word strengthens us. Psalms 19 verse 8 says, The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. And Romans 15. Actually, Psalms 119 verse 114. It says, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. When we know his word, we read his word. As he says in Psalms 119, to have his word hidden in our hearts so we will not sin against him. Have his word hidden in our hearts. So as we're going through trials, we're speaking those words over our situations. And so that we can hear the Lord as well as he's ministering to us. As Esther did, seeking the Lord in prayer and fasting. That's one of the ways when we're going through battles that we can gain spiritual strength by seeking the Lord in prayer and fasting. Acts 14 verse 23 says, Paul and Barnabas appointed leaders for them, for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Praying and fasting opens our spiritual horizon. Trust in God is another one when we're going through trials. Because who else are we going to trust? Our flesh? Our friends? Our, our spouses? We need to trust God. Because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what he wants to happen. He knows what's best for us. He made us. He created us. He knows us. Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its root by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be given, will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will, nor will cease from yielding fruit. I pray that is our portion as we trust in the Lord. Also being obedient. Because we're told one thing, but sometimes we kind of like deviate. I watched a film the other day and every time the guy wanted to do something, he kept saying, stick to the plan, stick to the plan. And that's sometimes how we have to remind ourselves, stick to what God is saying, stick to what God is saying, let me not go off. Because thoughts come, you're thinking, oh, maybe I could do this. No, stick to what God is saying, stick to what he's saying. So being obedient. Psalms 119-165, great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Jeremiah 7.23 says, but this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And walk in all the ways that I, I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. Another one is being open and transparent. At times when we're going through our battles, we just want to isolate ourselves. 
We just want to go into a corner. Ephesians 4 verse 25 says, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Sometimes it's good just to find somebody that you can confide in, speak to, about what you're going through. You know, in the world they say, a problem shared is a problem halved. To an extent, there's something to that, because when you leave things within, it just coops up, and you're just swelling, swelling, and one day you could just erupt. It's good to speak to somebody about what you're going through. And as you speak to people, Maybe that person you're speaking to, a trusted friend, they could give you a word. God could direct them. And the last one is to surrender your will to God. Ephesians 5:17 says, "Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is." Everything we do, we need to surrender to God. Everything. Everything. Because we don't know what the enemy has planned for us. Matthew 27, 45, I'll close with this. Let's not forget that God is always with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. As we're going through our battles... Remember, he will never leave us nor forsake us. He's with us wherever we go. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Father, Lord, we just want to thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father God, that you're hearing us. Thank you, Father God, that you're doing a work in our hearts, oh God. Those battles that we've been facing, we are facing, and we're yet to be facing. Father God, I pray, oh God, that you will help us to deal with them accordingly. With your word, by trusting you, by being obedient to you, oh God, by surrendering everything to you. Father Lord, have your way. Lord, I pray for those right now who are going through current battles. May their eyes be focused on you. May they surrender everything to you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that your word, oh God, your word, Father God, will help them. Your word, Father God, will give them spiritual freedom and strength mindsets will be changed oh God in the name of Jesus Father Lord have your way in each person here today have your way oh Lord have your way in Jesus name we pray Amen <laughs>